it's pretty dramatic, honestly. We get a lot of positive feedback about those sort of things. Like people try it at Costco and like, oh my goodness, I got to get this for my next Super Bowl party or tailgate or whatever and share with all my friends. Like they're so proud to have found us and they want to share it, which is a really cool thing for us to hear. Being in Colorado, like everyone is so helpful um, in the business community, especially like I can reach out to people for help on branding, on pricing, on anything. And I just feel like we're, we're, we have such a, a tight-knit community that's, that's, that want to help each other and see each other succeed. This is the Proco 360 podcast, connecting people who love Colorado with stories and lessons of Colorado's world-class entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. All my guests believe that Colorado is different, that success feels different here, and that's why Proco 360's tagline is Live, Work, Love, Colorado. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Eric Gutnek, CEO of Charcut Nouveau, a Colorado company that is redefining classic charcuterie, you know, fancy meats and sausages, those kinds of things. This is a really interesting company to me because along with great products that I love, like Jackalope Sausage, the company which you may have heard of as Continental Sausage has completely recreated itself from a small, multi-generation family-owned sausage maker to a manufacturer, rebuilt and rebranded to create innovative products that are now sold in Whole Foods, Costco, and many other outlets. It's a great story of vision, innovation, and courage that I think you will enjoy even if you're a vegan. There will surely be lessons to be learned. So Eric, thanks for being on Proco 360. Thanks for having me, Dave. Yeah, let's start with, uh, and by the way, listeners, you cannot see this, but Eric brought an assortment of five different kinds of sausages. They are sitting in front of me with a plate and mustard, so I'm going to be tasting those as we talk. Eric, no one's ever done that before. Thank oh, you. great, great. So start with a quick overview of Charcut Nouveau. So we are a 50-year-old um, sausage manufacturer located in North Denver. Uh, we've been doing it here since 1969. We started out originally as a uh, pretty much a European sausage house catering to the Germans, Austrians, Swiss that immigrated over um, here in the 60s and 70s. So we used to have a location just actually pretty close to here uh, where we made sausage in the back, mm-hmm. sold it out the front into a retail store. And that was the whole business? Yes, in the beginning, for sure. Well, at least, at least probably the first 20 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so now, though, you've changed entirely. We're going to talk, basically, this interview is going to be about this big change from what you were to what you are. But first, though, you and your wife, Jessica, bought the business from your parents. I mean, did you always want to be in the sausage business? You know, I always loved the sausage business. Hmm. Um, you know, I started probably when I was eight packing sausage because it was my parents is cheaper than daycare. Yeah. <laughs> and I also got accustomed to earning some money. Um, so I pretty much grew up working in the business. And I knew, I always knew that I'd want to be in business for myself. And I happened to love what I did at the sausage company. So um, it eventually kind of came back yeah. into it. So how did that conversation go? Was it like you're having dinner with your parents and say, you know, I think I can do this better. Let me buy it. I mean, is that, how did that go? No, it's a little bit of a longer story. My uh, My father suffered from some health challenges mm. when I was growing up. And oftentimes I'd have to come back into the company and help run things or do things. Did this, you know, in high school, I did this in college. And then I even did this after college when I was a consultant uh, down in Texas, I'd come back. Mm. And then at some point in time, um, after a couple of years of consulting, right before I went to MBA school, I, I decided to come back uh, when my dad kind of got sick. I came mm. back to help out. And at that time I decided, hey, let's just try and give this a shot and see how it goes. Cool. Uh- 
this is an old business. It's a stable business. And yet you, you're building a brand new market. You're, you're remaking the product, the brand, the whole company focus, right? I mean, this is a whole new thing. It is. I mean, what we did when we purchased the company in 2003, you know, at that time we were competing with a lot of European sausage makers across the country that were still just focusing on the European flavors and Europeans essentially. And that customer category was kind of getting older, changing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shifting to more cleaner product. Um, and we also, Jessica and I were in the process of having kids who actually had a son a year before we purchased the company. And then we wanted to make sure that we didn't feed our kids anything that could potentially cause issues in the future, for instance. So we first thing we did is we made it clean, antibiotic hormone-free, took out mm-hmm. nitrates, made everything clean. And that was a that was a, a difficult transition for some of our European customers, but for everyone wow. else, it kind of made sense. Did it change the taste a lot? I'm curious. It did a little bit. Yeah. Not significant, but it what it did mostly is change the color, just uh, a little bit lighter flavor, yeah. or a little bit lighter color instead of that really like bright red yeah. from nitrates. Wow. And so people, is that what that, I didn't realize that red so, comes from nitrates. Sodium nitrates cures the product. It's like a pink salt, uh. cures the product, gives it a lot of color. And so, yeah, I'm looking at the product you brought in. They're all sort of, they don't have that bright red color. They don't. We use a natural nitrate, which is a celery powder, essentially, mm. which naturally cures it mm. instead of adding a real like salt, sodium, wow. bad for you compound. Ah. So. so you decided to go from being a company that made sausage behind the house, sold it over the counter to saying, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to be a manufacturer. We're going to scale up manufacturing, right? Well, that had kind of happened before. I was there. The actual, the wholesale and the manufacturing. What we did differently is we just changed the line from more European to more of a gourmet natural focus. Well, I want to talk about that um, a lot because uh, about the the role of product innovation, the role of different kinds of products. Um, before I do that, though, I wanted to talk with you about a little bit about distribution. Was that before you got there as well, as far as expanding this distribu- distribution and getting into to places like Whole Foods and Costco and all that? No, when we purchased the company, we were strictly wholesale food service, meaning we only sold to restaurants and delis and resorts. So in 2003, we changed it to natural. And then in 2008, we invested in a packaging line and that enabled us to go out into retail and retail distribution. So what did that do to your volume? A factor of what? So, well, because we launched with Costco and Whole Foods pretty much about the same time. And that, that, we grew probably when we launched about 30% that year. And then we were growing about 20% year over year yep. for I don't know how long, almost 10 years. How does that work? So if you get into Whole Foods or Costco, then does it become, are there like, okay, we're going to try X amount. And to the extent then consumers pull it, the volume changes? Or do they start seeing opportunity to start like filling more shelves or do you have to buy the shelf space? Well, it kind of depends on the retailer. Essentially, what happened with us is um, folks kind of noticed us in Whole Foods. Like what a lot of retailers do, including Costco, is they will shop the Whole Foods shelves and identify brands they don't carry and then go and ask if they want to service Costco. Really? So yeah, that ha- that happened a lot more in the past. I'm not sure how much that happens now, but that's kind of the way it works So Costco a lot. found you? So kind of, yeah. There was a buyer that loved our stuff and they were buying it at Whole Foods. Huh. And so that's kind of how that happened. God, you got to love that guy mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. woman, whoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's also happened with other, you know, we've, we're in King Supers as well and a lot of other high-end kind of retail markets. Um, so, that's, that's, uh, so that's completely different from what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought someone like you was going to have to go grovel and beg and 
you know, sell to them at any price just to get some visibility. And that's just not how it happened for you. Not really. No. Wow. Okay. That's a short answer to my question. I mean, mean, the challenge, you know, the challenge, honestly, for a lot of folks is taking, it's the, it's a big leap from Whole Foods to a Costco. I mean, the volume, volume the volume is tremendous. So you really have to be set up with, you know, the manpower, the equipment, the everything um, to make that leap. So that's, I mean, that's, that, that, can, that, can, that can be a big challenge. But once you once you owned your own manufacturing line and so forth, then could you scale to hit that volume as you needed to? Yeah, we were set up already for it. Wow, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. All right, so big thing that I wanted to talk about has to do with product innovation because you talked about, I mean, the Continental Sausage, before you rebranded it, Charcut Nouveau, and I mean, it was a traditional sausage, as you pointed out, had traditional nitrates and all that stuff. Now, product innovation, I mean, you've gone from, and I'm looking at this assortment in front of me, but you've gone to, you know, completely innovative products with all kinds of innovative ingredients. Um, What does that process look like as you move from, and I'm going to taste a couple of these things. Which one should I try? What is this one? I would try, that looks to me like the spicy Polish. All right. right. Try that one. I can't tell if that's spicy Polish or the smoked broccoli. I'll try that while you're you're, uh, telling me about this process of innovating to a whole new you know, but, well, I feel like, you know, we have to be well, constantly constantly evolving and always changing and looking to stay pretty much ahead of our competition. You know, the, the thing we've been working on recently, which we've launched in the last year and a half, is a full organic line. Mm-hmm. So actually two of those products are 100% organic. And that I feel like is the future because, you know, we want to, the way we do things is we want to be as clean and as premium as possible and use the least amount of ingredients to make a really good sausage. So we feel like organic is kind of the way to go. And that guarantees that our consumer knows if they buy it from us, they're going to know there's no GMOs, there's no antibiotics, no hormones, no chemicals, no nothing. So if you were to figure out on a continuum of what customers are buying, are they buying on one end? Maybe that it's not even a fair question. If there's one end is, is clean and one end is taste, but you're, that's really an unfair, an unfair continuum to paint, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's it's a hard. I mean, it's hard to know, really. But that's why we try and hit both. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like the way we do things and the fact that we make it ourselves. You know, a lot of the brands out there use a manufacturer, a co-manufacturer, and don't actually make yep, it themselves. Yep. By making it ourselves, we can control the inputs. We can make it super clean without using a lot of or any preservatives. You know, a little bit of sea salt. Yeah. yeah. Um, very clean product. Um, but other people can't really do that because they're making large volume. Not necessarily the freshest raw materials. Maybe it's yeah. from out of the country. We don't buy anything out of the U.S. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're using beef from like Uruguay, South America, you really don't Australia, know what that's about. yeah, yeah, and it's coming in frozen, like a year old, hmm. and we use everything fresh. Can you, you can taste the difference. We can. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. You're listening to the award-winning Proco 360 podcast. I'm your host Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Eric Gutnick, CEO of Charcut Nouveau. We're literally talking about how sausage is made. This is a great time to thank our sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, Microstar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, Total Coaching Systems, the law firm of Holland and Hart, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. All these organizations support Colorado business and entrepreneurs, and they support me and Proco 360. So thanks to them. And Eric, thanks for being here talking about Charcut Nouveau, and also for all these awesome samples. And uh, listeners, it's uh, it's a little tough because I'm looking at like five plates of different kinds of sausages. And if I were to eat them all now, we wouldn't have much of a conversation. So <laughs> I want to go back though to um, 
as far as the innovation and where all that comes from, Eric, you did an apprenticeship in charcuterie making in Switzerland, and surely they didn't teach you how to make mac and cheese furters or smoked buffalo and pork jalapeno cheddar bratwurst. So what did you learn that you're applying? Maybe they did teach you those things, but what did you learn that you're applying now? I'd say for my Swiss days, I mean, in Switzerland, they're all about efficiency and like precision. Hmm. So that definitely taught me to be super efficient in production, thinking about every step, every movement, all that kind of stuff. I'd say the innovation definitely didn't come from the Swiss. They're not, I mean, they're, I guess, they're innovative, but maybe not in the same way that we are as far as food combinations and like exciting flavors and and uh, flavor staging and that kind of thing. I think that just comes really from, it's just kind of fun to try mm. new and different things. Like we're, we're constantly innovating and trying new things. Like last week, we probably maybe produced seven different R&D batches just to see what, what it tasted like. Huh. Yeah. So where did this notion of jackalope sausage come from? I mean, what a fun idea. Well, that one is a fun one. So we were working with the Fort uh, restaurant oh, sure. up in Morrison and they wanted to come up with a really cool product. And then we just had some back and forth. And then all of a sudden we just, I don't remember who it was. It wasn't me, hmm. but somebody came up with, what about the jackalope? And so for that one, uh-huh. we, we made a sausage with uh, antelope, rabbit and pork and a little bit of habanero and cherry to give it a good flavor. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's a pretty fun little product. Well, I would think, you know, you, you go to a store, whether it's Whole Foods or Costco or wherever, and you, you see jackalope sausage, you're like, I got to buy that. I mean, the name has to sell a ton of it. Yeah. Well, you'd think so. When we did, we tried that uh, at Costco and honestly, it, people were afraid of it. Really? Uh, because they have, they want to try it first huh. and they don't know really what it's all about. So, I mean, we have learned, and that's kind of, I think, an important piece of what we do is we have learned to demo and sample all the time. Really? So, Especially on, on little kind of niche products like the mac and cheese or the yeah. jackalope or whatever. So are you demoing products before they're, before you release them? Like, do you ever do that? Uh, a little like bit. Like out of your test kitchen kind yeah, of thing? A little bit. But, you know, that's the beauty of what we're doing at Costco is we do a road show there where they allow us to actually demo products and get feedback that way and sell it on consignment. So we'll actually bring in products there, put it on the road show, test it out for a couple of months, see what wow. people think. And then if it works well, they'll think about stocking it. Oh, wow. So you've got to, when you say you sell it on consignment, basically you you may make whatever. And I guess you can because you got you own the manufacturing facility. You right. can make small quantity, go to Costco, see who it sells and what doesn't. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did with the mac and cheese. We do that with quite a few things just to see. And we're about to try a, a couple of new products over there, which will yeah. be exciting. Anything not work that, you're, that you think is kind of funny? Um, I mean, the jackalope didn't, really? didn't work. Well, I, I mean, maybe oh, that's because it's super spicy. Oh. Like there's some habanero and cherry in that See, one. I'm thinking of myself. I'm like, that's the only one I want. That I really well, want. Well, and the other challenge too is it's got head rabbit in it. Oh, yeah. And people think about the little bunny yeah, in their yeah, front yeah, yard. Yeah, yeah. And so that didn't really work out very well either. <laughs> so like, Okay, yeah. I get it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, any thought about incorporating the new and sort of interesting plant-based proteins? We have experimented with it, yes. Does it work for you? Honestly, not really. It doesn't make great sausage. Um, You know, it's called the flexitarian movement. And we tried some stuff with, uh, you know, like corn, black bean, quinoa, and it just makes a a pretty low quality sausage. I would think that all the taste people think about in sausage that, you know, the the fat and the grease and the flavors, it just probably just doesn't work for that. Well, what we found is, you know, a lot of people say they would buy it. Mm Mm-hmm. But from yeah. what I've heard from a couple of retailers, once they put it on the shelf, no one buys it. Ha. So they just sink. So yeah, I yeah. don't think we're going to go down that path. We are mm-hmm. looking at 
testing some some different ingredients that are really beneficial for your health you know mm-hmm. as far as inflammation and stuff like that huh. so there's a few new things we're working on uh, we're always working on something well, it's I would super think, fun again i go back to that notion that you know when you've built this out with a test kitchen and manufacturing you can scale to any size you want mm-hmm. it just means cleaning the equipment and getting started right absolutely yeah so, yeah yeah because yeah. we do like our little test batches are about 80 pounds so it's not oh that's that's not, not very it's much not significant no i mean what's a typical batch when you're producing one of your you know dale's pale ale sausage or something well we'll do a 300 pound batch is our batch size and we'll mm. do you know 10 of those yeah. or something do you have to do like a 300 pound batch i mean is that about as big as you can get and still maintain quality and not sound not you know i mean at some point you could, i don't i don't understand the chemistry of this but at mm. some point you get a batch a certain size and now it just tastes manufactured yeah because it's not evenly mixed is exactly, that what it is exactly yeah uh. yeah so we do everything kind of the european way you know the way i was taught over there and Keeping it smaller batches, um, using a, it's called a buffalo chopper instead of a grinder, hmm. um, helps with the quality as well. So that helps a lot to understand how you're making it, what you're doing, innovating. Um, I'm really intrigued. And I want to spend some time talking about this whole notion that basically you stopped what was then Continental Sausage and you restarted the business as Charcut Nouveau. What was that all about? What went through your mind? What was that decision process? The whole thing? Well, it was challenging, honestly. The for us, we had a potential trademark challenge on both coasts as we expanded with Whole Foods nationally. And so we were worried about getting into some sort of trademark war. And we also found that Continental Sausage was kind of a, a name that didn't really stick very well. Like people remembered the the name of the product, like Buffalo Jalapeno Cheddar Bratwurst, yeah. but never the name of the brand. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to come up with something that was, we could you know, work on building the brand with. Well, and then when you did make the change, you did a ton of thinking about the brand, the name, the look, the tagline, all that, right? So what was that process? It was a long process. Um, And it was, and honestly, it's constantly evolving. We're actually changing our tagline again um, and have it way, like we've improved our our logo and et cetera. Um, But I feel like that process it's still going on, honestly. Um, we did have some, a few challenges in in Colorado. People knew the Continental Sausage mm-hmm. name, so we included the little Continental Sausage bug on the logo yeah, on the label yeah. for a while. Um, but now I feel like we can take it off. So, okay, so you're changing your tagline. Mm-hmm. What's it? Can you say what it's going to be? Uh, healthy indulgence. Ah, because mm-hmm. it was redefining classic charcuterie. And um, I, I had a practice saying charcuterie before the interview, so maybe that's a good reason to change it. It is. A lot yeah. of people didn't. I mean, a lot of people don't know what it don't know what it is. Can't pronounce it. <laughs> so we're like, let's change that. Well, and then, you know, I'm still intrigued by the idea that, especially millennials or not just millennials. I mean, people my age. We're all looking for new and innovative product, and this idea of handcrafted resonates. This word artisanal, you know, sort mm-hmm. of local resonates. Mm-hmm. Local resonates. Mm-hmm. So how do you apply sort of these old concept terms and still keep a product that people see as innovative and interesting? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because we kind of, the way we produce sausage is kind of like the way people used to do it before there were nitrates and before there were like chemicals and lots of weird preservatives. So it's, you know, we try and keep it simple, simple ingredients. Mm-hmm. We don't add a lot of ingredients. And some of our products, you can look at the the ingredient list and there's like five ingredients, yeah. you know? And oh. I think that caters to number one, both the millennial who care about eating super clean, being healthy, as well as the 
the you know some of the other generations that are more concerned about their health and what they're putting in their bodies and etc. Yeah. So there must be I don't know a hundred craft sausage manufacturers, a thousand craft. You know, how do you think about how you're going to compete? You know, in that niche space for people who want high end craft style, you know, meats. Well, first off, I don't think there's that many manufacturers, but there are that many brands. Yeah. So we well, have for, from a consumer standpoint, they don't they know. don't they don't care who they manufactures it. They know they look at the brand, right? Right. So that's why I mean, for us, it's all about the taste, um, and it's all mm-hmm. about the the ingredient list and the label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we really believe in the in the demoing of the product and getting as many people's mouths because we feel like through our demo program at Whole Foods and King Supers and retailers and Costco, people can try the product, get it in their mouths, and then instantly believe in the brand and the product and then we have a loyal following forever so as ceo are you out there with an apron on i was in the beginning for sure oh yeah oh yeah i was at doing every whole foods demo for the first like two years costco really yourself oh yeah what'd you learn exhausting what'd you learn from that i learned that um some people at costco don't really want to talk to you (laughs) (laughs) Um, they just go there for lunch and dinner (laughs) and other people are super knowledgeable and want to know every single thing about the company so huh. it's it's a pretty interesting fine line. Um, and then, you know, and Whole Foods is all about the information. They want to know everything. Like, where did that animal grow up? The customers do? Oh, yeah. How wow. was it processed? What was it fed? Like, it's great. Wow. And, and we, I mean, we have all the information. And we care about that, too. So it's great when people ask the right question. Sure, because then you get to you get to share your differentiator mm-hmm, in a way that they care about. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And take a quick break. Listeners, this is Proco 360 and I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. I'm speaking with Eric Gutnick, CEO of Charcut Nouveau. Hey, go please to Proco360.com and subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And don't forget to rate Proco 360 in your app when you finish this episode. So I want to talk a bit more about branding because I do know that, you know, from looking at your website and from doing some research, you spent a lot of time on it and you're still spending time on it. I find it intriguing. Some companies care a lot about their brand, about how it looks, about their tagline. And then there's this new multi-billion dollar company in Colorado whose logo was done by an intern for like 300 bucks. So Mm. there's this continuum of like, how much should we care about that? I mean, do you think your branding sells the product or is it more the flavors you're giving, the the names on the product. I mean, how do you look at that? Well, I mean, I don't think the branding sells right now because a lot of people don't know the brand. So we are trying to build it so it does sell, especially uh, yeah, on the yeah, yeah. on the West Coast. Um, but that's why we're all about the taste, the flavor, um, and the ingredients. So I do think that's coming, you know, like building our brand, but mm-hmm. that hasn't been something we're very good at. You know, we're we're really good at making sausage. Huh. We have not been very good at branding and marketing. Yeah, you So that's know, one of our challenges for sure. It, it is a challenge. I found, and I, I've told this story before, I built this great app for a particular purpose, and it was better than any of the apps out there, but I sucked at marketing it. Mm-hmm. And and in today's world, it's so cluttered and so noisy, right? It is, absolutely. And there's so much competition out there and so many people who are just really good at marketing, social media, that kind of thing. And that's something that we're constantly like talking about working on and yeah, need to work yeah. on, but you know, it takes a lot of resources, a lot of time. And well, that's something I, we're going to focus yeah. on for sure. I suppose he's looking across the way over at Kelly as banker <laughs> introduces like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing because it's probably pretty hard to leverage cutting pieces of sausage and getting them in people's mouths, but that's probably the most effective way to, to sell your product, isn't it? 
I think it is. For us, it is, for sure. Like, we're all about demos. So is it, yeah, at some point, though, I mean, is there any, if you got a sense for how many people who taste your product, buy it once, you know, become evangelists or, you know, help it to mushroom it out. I mean, you're nodding. What are you, what are you sensing about that? It's pretty dramatic, honestly. We get a lot of positive feedback about those sort of things. Like people try it at Costco and like, oh my goodness, I got to get this for my next Super Bowl party or mm. tailgate or whatever and share it with all my friends. Like they're so proud to have found us and they want to share it, which is a really cool thing for wow. us to hear. Yeah. So are you seeing them? Are you seeing stories on social media? Are you seeing people post their jackalopes? I keep saying jackalope because that's the one I want, but yeah. you're saying that's the one people don't. But <laughs> yeah. whatever the sausage, I mean, are you seeing people post like, look at my ex kind of sausage? Absolutely. Like people will post, oh, look at what I did with my buffalo jalapeno cheddar bratwurst. Like I put it on a hamburger or uh, I put it in my quesadilla. And Now, do like, they use your brand when they do that? Do they say this is Charcut Nouveau X. Some of them do. Yeah, you wish, I, wish, oh I wish more would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the challenge. They may not be thinking of that when they're posting their photos. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I'm going to shift gears one more time. I want to talk about your background because you've got an interesting background. USA triath uh, triathlete, uh, All-American. You're an Ironman champion. Uh, it's funny, you're sitting here now, you're, you're in a sling. I got a new titanium hip. These, maybe we need to eat more sausage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Talk about your background. Um yeah, so I'm a pretty competitive triathlete. I'm not an Ironman champion. I don't know what it takes to be a champion, but you know, I have been in the world championships. But I mean, you know, triathlon for me is, um, you know, it's pretty similar to processing. You know, I have to think about every step along the way. You have to really make sure your transitions are super tight. You know, there's a lot of discipline involved. Um, and for, I don't know, it's just, I, I love the sport. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for probably 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And you've been at the, at the championships. Yeah. You have so to earn your way into those. You have to qualify. Yeah. For yeah. That. yeah. So I've so, qualified and then I'm, I don't know. I don't really like talking about myself, but you know, I'm, I was a national champion last year in an event and I was six in the world, um, in a, a one discipline of triathlon. Which so, one? So that's called the aqua bike. So it's just the swim and the bike part, oh, which is it. actually pretty competitive for us old people who are always <laughs> injured. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Can't run. So that was a big, that was for me, that was a big uh, feat last year. And wow. I mean, my ultimate goal is to be a world champion at something. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but. It can't be sausage making? I wish. <laughs> um, so how do you find time? Seriously, because you got how many kids now? I have two. Two kids. You got two kids. You're running a company. And I mean, to train for the triathlon, I mean, come on. Well, I don't have much of a social life, uh, so I wake up. Every but you are married, right? Yes, that's your social yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I wake up every day at three in the morning, and then I get my exercise in, and then go to work and get to the office around five. So I had to make sure I get my workout in every day. It just, and for me, that kind of, I don't know, that sets me up for the day. Yeah, but three more in focused. the morning. Yeah, that's what, like I said, I have no social life. Like, wow. I'm in bed by eight or nine most nights. Wow. Um, and I always take a nap every day too. That's one of my keys. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, thirty minute nap every day. Where? When? Wherever I am, if it's at my kid's soccer game, I'll do it right before. If it's, uh, you know, I do it in my office. I do it at home. That's I can cool. sleep anywhere, anytime. You know, there's so minutes. many studies that show a 30-minute nap makes you a better performer, and yet there's like this, this societal bias against it. Oh, I, it's amazing to me. Like, I'll fall asleep instantly, and I'll wake up refreshed, set my alarm 30 minutes, and I'm like a new person. Wow. It's, it's amazing. And I could, I mean, I could probably fall asleep right on there on that hardwood floor. Wow. In a, I'd be out. That inspires me. I'm going to have to do more of that. And you're also, I mean, you've also made investments in the community. You said that's really big and important to your company. Is mm -hmm. it? Is it a company thing or is it a you thing, you and your wife thing? 
Well, I think it started as, you know, a thing with my wife and I, but, you know, the company is also bought in and they love it. You know, for instance, we we're heavily involved with the Colfax Marathon. Mm. I'm actually the treasurer for that. Mm. Um, and that what that does for us is it, you know, I'm involved with Denver Kids. That's my prime one. Um, but Colfax, the cool thing about Colfax is they, you know, they give out like $100,000 a year to charity. And it's also a great way for like companies to get involved and promote wellness and health and community and that kind of thing. So what I kind of do is I kind of combine the two. I, so I organized relay teams for Colfax and we raise money for Denver kids, which oh, is cool. kind of my charity of choice that I've been involved with forever. What does um, it do? So they help um, youth in Denver reach graduation and beyond. Excellent. It's an amazing program. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up, You've, you, know, you know the focus of Proco 360 is featuring world-class entrepreneurs who choose Colorado. So what do you think it means to have Charcut Nouveau as a Colorado company? And is there some sort of association with the state as you, as you run it? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think our company is all about Colorado. Um, you know, we cater to the outdoorsman. I am an outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. I love to be outside. I love watching, like I can, with my crazy schedule, I can watch the sunrise and the sunset every day from my office, <laughs> which is awesome. And I also feel like, you know, being in Colorado, like everyone is so helpful um, in the business community, especially like I can reach out to people for help on branding, on pricing, on anything. And I just feel like we're, we're we have such a, a tight knit community yeah. that's that's that want to help each other and see each other succeed. Yeah, I hear that a lot, mm-hmm. and it's nice to keep hearing it from you too. Mm-hmm. Um, you you alluded to some new products that are coming out. You specifically didn't mention any, but come on, what's something interesting that's coming along that you want your customers to be able to see and buy in the future? Well, the one thing I think that's going to happen pretty fast is an organic breakfast sausage, mm. which is outstanding, um, and we also have another. It's an, well, it's a whole line of organic that's about to come out, which is pretty awesome because we've been working on it forever. But the uh, the organic breakfast sausage and organic all beef hot link, hmm. and organic spicy Polish is going to be very exciting. And the other thing too that not only are we organic, but everything is grass fed as well, mm-hmm. beef, pork. So really, if somebody if somebody enjoys meat products, they they can get them from you and know that they're as healthy as they can be. Absolutely. That's yeah, cool. I don't think there's anyone that can make it healthier. Is there is there any sort of, like, do you have to have permission to say things are organic? Is there anything that, you know, people need to know between what's really organic and what is only people saying it is? Yeah, I mean, you have to have everything qualified and approved by the USDA, any claim you make or anything you say. Yeah. Um, and not all people follow all the same rules, yeah, yeah. but there is yeah, some, yeah. you know, the USDA is pretty tight on this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So you've been, um, your background is, in, is uh, as in, you taught economics. Correct. You're a, a triathlete guy. I mean, you think about your, your dad, you're running the company. As you spin all these things together, Eric, what do you think you've, you've learned that, and what do you think you've experienced as the CEO of this company that you find most valuable, most gratifying? I think it's all about the team. I suppose, like figuring out whether it's triathlon or at work is surrounding yourself by really great teammates, um, people that, you know, we're kind of like a family over there at Charcut Nouveau. I mean, we're really tight and mm. we help each other out in a lot of different ways. And it's kind of just like being on my triathlon team where mm. it's kind of the same, you know, it's all about, you're not going to get anywhere if you have a weak leak on your team. Huh. 
and a weak link when you're talking about sausage. Makes sense, mm-hmm, right? right? Yeah. All right, let's wrap up. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Eric Gutnick, CEO of Charcut Nouveau. Be sure to look for their fantastic lineup of products where you shop for charcuterie. High, is that a fair way to say it? Uh, where you, maybe we shop for high-end sausage, high end premium sausage, sausage got or, it, or really right. good tasting sausage. All right. Well, make sure you look wherever you wherever <laughs> you shop for really good tasting sausage. Look for Charcut Nouveau. Eric, thanks. It's great to talk with you here. Thank you for having me. And listeners, thanks for joining me on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast and submitting a review. Thanks again to show sponsors, Community Banks of Colorado, MicroStar Keg Logistics, Kinsley Meetings, Total Coaching Systems, Holland and Hart, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. And final thanks here to Mike, my engineer here at Third and James Studios. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado.